1: and welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling i'm your host gp john Paz, with a very special guest he is a promoter he's in charge of 80s wrestling he's in charge of 80s wrestling con he's a promoter for ispw and of course the owner of the wrestling collector store he is mr tommy fierro tommy welcome to the two-man power trip how you doing
0: hey hey, brother what's going on man how are you
1: very good i can't believe it's taken this long for you to be on the show but finally great to have you on
0: I can't believe it's been this long since you asked me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> True. So what's tell us the latest. What's going on in your world? Because I know you're super, super busy.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, crazy busy. Uh, as you just mentioned, I have a pro wrestling store located in Sussex County, New Jersey. It's called The Wrestling Collector. And it's about, if, if you live in the New Jersey area, it's about 30 minutes north of Wayne, New Jersey, just to give you an idea of where it's at. It's right in the beginning of Sussex County. It's not that far up. So uh, a lot of people think here in Stockholm, New Jersey, they never, you know, they never heard of it before, so they think it's really far away. But it's only about 30 minutes from uh, Wayne, New Jersey, about 50-something minutes from Newark Airport. So it, it's, it's not that far up in the Sussex. See, so, yeah, I, got, I got the store I do. I do ISPW, like you just mentioned. 80s wrestling con which i'm sure we'll talk about coming up in may Uh, i do virtual signings all the time that's my 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 main part of my business it's called monday night virtual we do them on monday nights and uh yeah man just just trying to stay as busy as i possibly could
1: let's first talk about that 80s wrestling con because i want to um just kind of dig deeper into that when is it where is it and who's going to be on
0: It is going to be on Saturday, May the 7th. It's going to be at the Menon Sports Arena in Morristown, New Jersey. Pretty much anyone that's a who's who from that era is going to be there. Jesse, the body Ventura will be the headline guest. We're going to have Jake the Snake Roberts reuniting for the first time with Cheryl Roberts, which is going to be really cool and really special. But, I mean, anyone anyone that's a who's who is going to be there. It's going to be the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Brutus Beefcake, Demolition. IRS, The Fabulous, Rougeau Brothers, Cowboy Bob Orton, a slew of, of 80s guys. Um, I've got so many guys booked for it. I have to actually go to my own website to see everyone that's on it. But anyone I wants to check out the entire guest list, it's 80swrestlingcon.com. Again, that's 80swrestlingcon.com. It's going to be Saturday, May the 7th.
1: Pretty awesome. I mean, just uh, that lineup alone is awesome. But uh, this area, and obviously where we're in New Jersey, I mean, they're clamoring for some uh, 80s wrestling, especially that era. Those guys are all untouchable, larger-than-life guys.
0: Absolutely, man. And it seems like every every year that goes by, they become more and more special. You know, we, I, I mean, I see just from having them at my store, when I have and the guy from the 80s, uh, as opposed to someone more current, uh, the '80s guys always draw in, Always, I, I've used a Demolition for two virtual signings. They're my only guys I did two virtual signings with. And uh, actually, no, I did. I'm sorry, I take that back. I did Tito and Greg also, but I did them, I did them together a couple of weeks ago, like a feud of the '80s type of virtual signing. But I had those guys both individual for a signing last year, and same with Demolition. But it seems as though, you know, they you put up a different picture of them. in the previous time and and they and they and they buy the new pictures as well a lot of a lot of repeat business for the the same guys which just goes to show just how over they are
1: why do you think that is because it is so true that like okay accent spanish's background they'll draw way more attention than somebody that was just released from wb
0: yeah man i just i just think it's you know we and you're around the same age i am you know we we grew up on on that era you know i mean the majority of uh, people that grew up from that era, you know, they look at these guys in larger-than-life, you know, figures. You know, I mean, when when I was a kid and you were a kid, man, growing up, like it was so different back then. And I'm sure we can probably talk for a couple hours on the differences between wrestling from the '80s and wrestling from now. And it's maybe a topic for another, you know, podcast. But they were such larger-than-life characters back then. Man, there were they were. It's like you know nothing against today's generation. I mean, they're absolutely phenomenal and they're far superior athletes than they were back then in the eighties. But I'll say, for an example, say King Kong Bundy. So just say you're standing and you know, at the food store waiting to check out and King Kong Bundy is in front of you. If you don't know anything about wrestling, you're going to say, Whoa, that guy is someone, you know, or, or if, if, you know, any of those guys in that era, and you know today to say if you know daniel bryan was standing in front of you at a a food store if you didn't know who wrestling was maybe i mean if you didn't watch wrestling and you didn't know who he was you know you would just think he was an average guy just the guys back then man they were such larger than life figures and characters and they just you know they captured your imagination back then and i I know they did for me and i'm sure they did for you and i think people our age they just you know that generation of guys they just look at them as it was it was pop culture back then man they they were in the middle of such a you know high period during that pop culture era from the hulk hogan's rock and wrestling to mtv war to settle the score to the you know first you know seven eight wrestlemania's like that whole time frame the golden era wrestling man would never be duplicated ever again i think that you know guys like me and you today that watch it you know crave the things that go back to being the way it used to be back in the eighties and not fortunately it's not that way anymore. And that's why I think that we as fans gravitate so much towards that era because that's what we grew up on and, you know, the, the nostalgia factor and just, you know, reliving your childhood. I just think the combination of all that is why I think that, you know, they, they still get so much attention to this day. And
1: and, and
0: now more than ever, I, I think I think like I said, I, I've used these guys, you know, five years ago or ten years ago and, and they're doing far better now than they did back then. I just think that you know, as time goes on, they just become bigger, you know, bigger, uh, you know, Hall of Fame type figures. And just, again, they're larger than life characters.
1: It's funny. I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday, actually, and we were talking about Mr. Wonderful Paul Onder to like saying almost the same thing. Like he was so larger than life, but he wasn't one of the ginormous guys. But if you saw him in the street, you'd be like, who is that guy? Like he is somebody. You know what I mean, they just had yeah. such star power.
0: Absolutely, man. I think you hit the nail on the head. It just, Back then, you know, everyone, you know, and, and, and I, and I said this on my own podcast before and we could talk about it real briefly. I know it's off subject, but it's, it's worth the conversation. Like back then, man, like
1: they they had,
0: you know, cause my last week's episode of my podcast, we were talking about enhancement talent and how important and crucial they were back then in the eighties to make all these guys, actual larger in life, you know, characters, there was no nitro competing with them heads up back then. So they didn't need to put on these marquee matches Uh, Like they do. And they don't need to do it now because it's unopposed. You know, I could see during the attitude era and when it was the Monday Night Wars, you had to, you know, you had to deliver these big matches. But now, I mean, the ratings, unfortunately, have sinking so low that I think that the same, I don't know, I don't know what the numbers are off the top of my head, maybe 1.2, 1.3, whatever, whatever Rawls ratings have been lately, those are, that's your core fan base, man. And they're going to tune in no matter what you put on. Obviously, they're still, they're still watching the product no matter how stale or boring that we think it is. So if you have that same, you know, uh, the same, uh, fans watching your product, why not, uh, get all your guys over like you did back then? Like I, I there should be all enhancement guys. Again, this have all these guys that they want to get over beat these enhancement guys. And then if you want to see, and I'm just using these two names for example, cause they're doing Miz and, and edge at the pay-per-view on uh, Saturday. You know, if you want to see Miz against Edge, you got to go to the arena to see that. you got to buy a ticket, uh, you know. So, if if, if Miz and Edge, two of their marquee guys, they're both trying to push as top stars in the company and are wrestling each other on a random Monday night, I mean, what, what left is there to see, to buy a ticket? Like, you, you want to get both those guys over as large as my characters, just have them be enhancement guys. I think that... That's something that's terribly missing from the product is if you brought that back and you had all these enhancement guys just put over all your stars every week and you get so many more guys on TV as well because then when it wouldn't be competitive ten to fifteen minute matches it would be three minute matches when you put that little box up in the corner interviewing you know just say it's uh just say Seth Rollins is, is, is having a squash match against someone and you had that little box pop up in the corner and he's talking about his upcoming feud against Roman reigns like I just think that I think that everything back then was so, so much better, man. Like whether it be the enhancement matches or the talk show segments, like the brother love show, the flower shop, the barber Shop. I just think that they can just look back to see what worked back then and, and reincorporate that into 2022, but obviously they're not. And I think that if you did, I think that you would see a big difference in the product.
1: Is there any enhancement guy that you liked? Like it really sticks out like Barry Horowitz, Mike Sharp. or some of your favorites?
0: Oh man, I definitely Mike Sharp. He he had a you know he had a school here in New Jersey as well and trained a lot of guys that went on to you know make names for themselves like Crowbar. He, he came from there and Ace Darling was from there. Uh, Supernova, uh, Mike Butchie was from there. So there's a lot of guys that he trained down there. So I, 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 he's one of my favorites just because he was at the end the Jersey guy. But um, Rainy Papa was probably my favorite, and, and he went on to be far more than an enhancement guy obviously, but he was one of my favorites because when I was a kid, actually one of the first shows I went to, I actually caught his Frisbee at the live event. And uh, it, again, I got him to sign it for me, everything like that. So like, he was always my favorite as as a kid, one of them, Jose Luis Rivera. Like you said, Barry Horowitz, the Brooklyn Brawlers, Steve Lombardi, uh, you know, Paul Roma, Jim Powers. I mean, there it was a lot of guys back then. I, I think that, and then, and then they had, you know, there was a difference, I think, also between enhancement guys and then, you know, opening match, bottom of the card guys. Because in the enhancement guys, you know, would be the guys they would, you know, have on the show when they went to the local towns, wherever their the TV tapings were. And, you know, they weren't on the house shows. The guys like Jose Luis Rivera and the Brooklyn Brawler and Lanny Papo and Jose Luis Rivera you know, Scott Casey, like all those guys were on the, the house shows as well, because back then there was, you know, three shows a night. So you had to, you had to fill the talent. You had to fill out the card some way, somehow. So those guys were crucial back then, man. Really, really. I don't think they'd be getting enough credit for how important they were, not only for helping, you know, get over uh, the other guys to become bigger stars, but also to fill out those cards when they were touring two, three
1: times a, a, a night, you know? Big time. And that's when wrestling was so popular, they could sometimes run four times in four towns a night, which is nuts. You would never do yeah, that man. today.
0: Yeah, they would do a matinee. They'd do a matinee, and then they'd they'd do an evening show somewhere else.
1: And it's crazy to think, like, it's just not what it once was. And there's a million different reasons, but larger than life, obviously, just play a role. But I feel like 80s. It's just so and the nostalgia there, but it's just so much that the guys are better. Nothing against the guys today, just to me, so much that the guys were better that in that era.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, i I'm, obviously I, I run '80s wrestling, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna favor those guys. But I mean, I, you can't take nothing away from the talent of today, man. They're absolutely fantastic talents, and, and there's so many guys that are so underutilized, and it's not even their fault. It's just that, you know, I I think the the writing is you know, piss poor. And, and again, that's another topic for another conversation. I try to, you know, I, 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 I don't watch, you know, I, I used to, God, I, watch, I used to watch raw and I always watch everything every week, you know, and now I, I, and I, now I own a wrestling store and wrestling is my full-time job and I, I don't even watch it, which is sad. And I, I should be watching it and I want to watch it. But the problem is, man, anytime I do tune into it, I'm like, okay. That's that's why that's why I don't watch it no more. It seems like every time I every time I tune into a pay per view, it's the new day against the Usos. I feel like they've been having that match for the last ten years. And just nothing against those both teams are fantastic. It just that it just it's come it just it's it, it doesn't catch my interest, man. And and I'll tell you what, I actually for the first time in a decade, I started DVRing uh, wrestling again for aew and I, I don't i don't watch it consistently on a consistent basis but it definitely it definitely catches my attention because it's something different than what we're used to watching over the last you know decade and and also credit to wwe too man i think that lately they've stepped up their game uh, i've seen some of the recent stuff i think seth rollins his new characters is doing a fantastic job i think i think roman's the man so i mean i think that there's there's definitely the talent's there man just that uh, they need to get uh better creative in there
1: that's that's i think that's the big problem is huge problem there is some guy like roman who i think would fit into the 80s perfectly well and be that larger than life guy and brock lesnar i mean there's a couple guys but you're right the the booking and creative whatever you want to call it stinks and i don't know if that's because they have so many writers and back in the day you know you had like george scott booking pat patterson booking you know, JJ and Bruce Pritchard would help, but it wasn't like this big committee, it was a couple guys. I feel like that that could be a big disconnect too.
0: Yeah, and I also think too is that I mean, I know I know that the at the the end all be all is Vincic Man. So I, I know that and I know that Bruce Pritchard has a, a ton of influence as well. But there, I mean, there's a lot of writers that work for that company that know absolutely shit about wrestling. They 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 didn't grow up wrestling fans. They did you know like someone like me or someone like you, we eat, breathe and sleep at twenty four seven, man. Like they, they don't look for that. They don't look they want they don't look for that in, in a writer. They they want someone that has, you know, um, you know, these college degrees and, you know, TV writing experience and and, and all this stuff. And man, you I think that I think that they don't they they're writing the TV writers are writing for a, a, a TV show and not for wrestling fans. And that, and I think that they don't understand angles. They don't understand storylines when it comes to wrestling. And I just think that, again, I think there's a big disconnect, man. I can't agree with you more.
1: Remember they hired that girl and she didn't even know Bobby Lashley's name. I mean, stuff like that is crazy.
0: It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing, man.
1: Kind of wondered, like, what the thought process was. Like, yeah, we'll just hire people that don't know wrestling to write wrestling like it. I don't know it just doesn't <laughs> doesn't work.
0: Yeah man, I don't know but I I I hope it gets better because I want
1: to tune in and
0: watch it every week. I really do. And uh, but they need to give me a reason to, you know. Like back in the day when it was, you know, during the height of the attitude era when it was Roll against Nitro every week and they had the storyline with Vince McMahon and and uh and Stone Cold man, people would be literally Sitting on the edge of their chairs, biting their fingernails. They couldn't wait to see what happened next week. How, how, how's how Stone Cold going to get over on Vince next week? And people would tune in. Like they always, back then, man, you had to have those cliffhanger endings where when the show was over, you couldn't wait to next Monday to see what was going to happen next. Nowadays, man, you cannot watch it. You can watch it and then not watch it again for three months and tune in, and it'd be the same
1: shit, unfortunately. And it's crazy that they just recycle the matches. There's so many rematches, which is crazy. just, oh, it's terrible now.
0: <laughs> it's funny. You're we, we're, we're having me on the podcast talk about all of my promotion stuff. We're, we just spent the last 15 minutes just, just complaining about the current wrestling scene.
1: <laughs> that is true. Yeah, let's, let's talk about something more Like So when did you come back to the autograph scene, if you will, like the, the promotion scene? Because I know Fan Slam back in the day used to be one of the most successful conventions going
0: yeah man thank you I appreciate that so yeah I I started I'm 44 right now and I started when I was 16 and I did my first convention when I was 16 years old and and back then they were called fan slams and I I did those for a while and ISPW I, I did a lot back then as well I used to Weekly events at the Wildwood Convention Center in the summertime. I live down there, promote shows down there, and then I did a bunch of high school shows. And I know I know King Kong Bundy was a a friend of yours. We actually had a a partnership at one point where you know we would send stuff to all the schools in New Jersey as promoting fundraisers by King Kong Bundy, and uh, we did a ton of shows. It was in '99 and 2000. So, and then you know I I I was doing conventions for a while, and you know I, I. was doing some other stuff and stopped promoting. I believe in 2010, and I got hired by WWE to uh, help launch their network. Now, at the time, obviously that wasn't the job I wanted, and uh, but it was a foot in the door after you know trying to get in there for so long. But once I got there, man, I, and I believe I told you this story when you were at the store. Um, I won't get into it now, but it just it just didn't it just didn't work out. You know that the pay wasn't that great the travel was horrendous uh from jersey every day and uh i was just about to get married and this made no sense to me to to continue doing that you know not making much money when i'm getting married i need to support my family so i i got a job for the company california pizza kitchen and wound up uh at first they hired me i was started off from the bottom, then. I was just doing. I was called the community brand ambassador as a marketing role for the for the store, and I was a bartender as well. I was doing that for a while, and then I worked my way up all the way up to the corporate ladder, and became the uh, the marketing director for New York and New Jersey, which was awesome, and I I was with the company for fifteen years, and I finally worked my way my way all the way up to the top. And at the end there, they gave me a company car, credit card, paid for my phone. Like it was it was like a a dream job. After busting my ass. For so many years i finally made it to the top of that company and then i was doing that for eight or nine months and then the pandemic hit and once the pandemic hit obviously everyone got furloughed um and they didn't know i mean no one knew at that time how bad it was going to be and uh one thing led to another and you know most of their stores didn't have outside dining capabilities because they're in the mall so they wound up, you know file for chapter 11 and then at the end of the summer they wound up you know cut like 80 percent of their office staff, corporate staff and not as one of them. So this, uh, I, when that happened, I thought to myself, you know all right, I'm the problem get another job because I could put on my resume that I was a marketing director for a, a national brand. So I sent my resume at like 100 places. I'm not even exaggerating. I sent them everywhere, and no one got back to me. So I'm like, shit, man, I, I didn't know at that point, I, I was now I'm starting to get nervous because you know I, I'm out of a job. You know, I, I can't get a job and I started doing virtual signings. Uh, I don't know if any, everyone knows out there, but I actually run the 80s wrestling social media platform on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and combined we have over 600,000 followers. I started doing the uh, the social media pages just for fun when I stopped promoting shows just because I still wanted to feel like it was some way somehow connected to the business still. And I would just post pictures of, of 80s wrestlers and matches and stuff like that and one thing led to another man like Hulk Hogan started following me and Stone Cold Steve Austin started following me and The Rock started following me. Uh, Randy Orton, Chris Jericho, Sasha, uh, I mean I mean Ronda Rousey, I mean pretty much anyone, uh, everyone big in, in in the in the in the business right now, either follow Twitter, Instagram or, or Facebook, one of those pages. So when those guys started following the accounts, all the fans started following them as well. So now I'm at a point where I have over six hundred thousand followers, so when uh I was still with uh, California Pizza Kitchen, I said to myself, Well, I would be stupid if I didn't capitalize on this following that I have and try and do something and I did, you know, I decided to do an eighties wrestling con, a live one. Just one. I just was gonna do one just to just to do it. And it was in April of two thousand nineteen. I did a, I play American Freehold and it it was an awesome turnout. So after that I said, Well, I'd be stupid if I didn't do another one. So I did another one. That one did really good. And then I was playing a third one. And then again, Kobe hit. So fast forward back to where we were just at. So I'm sending out my resume. I can't get a job anywhere. Um, I, I don't know what to do. And said to my wife I said, "Well, how about I go to real estate school?" I have, I knew someone that did real estate that was doing fairly well. So she said, "Yeah, do that." So as I start going to real estate school, I start doing virtual signings. I, I actually I was scrolling through Facebook and saw an advertisement for a local bookstore by my house that was doing a virtual book signing, and when I saw that, a light bulb went off in my head. I'm like, whoa! Because I know I have the social media following to do it. So I, I tried it once with Tito, just because you know, he was local in the Jersey, so it was no airfare, no hotel. So I tried to keep my costs low on the first one just to test it and see how it did, and it did fairly well. And I did another one, and that one did better. And then and then I did another one, and at this point fans from all over the world, man, start sending me uh, stuff in the mail to get signed, whether it be figures or magazines, programs, and people are ordering autographed photos from all over. So I knew I I had something, and uh, I said to my wife, I says, I think that we should go with wrestling. Now, bro, never in a million years did I think that she would say yes. (laughs) And when she said yes, I was off to the races, man. I just started booking as many virtual signs as I could. Now I'm doing them. Uh, but, you know, three a month, uh, two to three a month. So I started, I started going crazy booking them. And I always wanted, my dream as a kid, man, was always to have a, a pro wrestling store. It's always something I wanted to do. And uh, I, I wanted, I said, I said that since wrestling's going to be my job now, I, that was my next goal was to do the store. So, and then, you know, as I do in the store and now I'm doing the virtual signings and I, again, I said wrestling's my job now. So I needed as many forms revenue as I possibly can get from wrestling so that's when I decided to bring back ISVW as well and I I brought that back this past Labor Day weekend so now I'm doing full time the store I'm doing ISVW I'm doing monthly shows and I'm doing the virtual signings which is like I said two to three times a month and I'm doing in store
1: signings as well on top of that
0: plus I'm planning for the 80s wrestling con so yeah man it's, it's a little overwhelming
1: I love it, though. All wrestling-centric. Gotta love that. And uh, ISPW's kicking ass and taking names, right?
0: Yeah, man. So far, so good. Uh, we have uh, Tito Santana's actually the commissioner of ISPW, and uh, we're, we're running shows right now. And Danny Doring who's now the superstar, Danny Morrison, he is the ISPW champion right now. And anyone that hasn't seen his recent work, Anyone that hasn't seen uh, any of the ISPW stuff, the cool thing is all of it's available on YouTube right now for free. So my last four shows, if you go on YouTube, just type in ISW, They're going to pop up so you can get a a taste of of what the shows are like. But I'm bringing in older talent and mixing them with newer talent. So like the last show, we had Jimmy Hart. We had him do an in-ring segment with, the winner, Andy Weinberg, was actually Nikolai Volkov's son. He's a heel manager, bro. If he was back in the 80s, he would have been a major star. You got to go on YouTube and and watch him and see how great he is. And then the show before that, we had Slick make a return. And, you know, Maven has come out of retirement and worked the show. And now he's uh, Danny Morrison's manager. Uh, We're we're doing a lot of cool stuff with a lot of different talent, man. And, 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 again, anyone out there. Just go on YouTube and type in ISPW, and you can check out the last few shows. It's, it's I'm like that's my favorite part of, of promoting, man. Is is the live events. And, I mean, I love I love doing the conventions and I love doing the virtual signings, but there's nothing like, you know, seeing little kids in the front row with an ear to ear smile and going home happy with their parents, man. Like I get off on that. Like I love that. It's a rush that's a rush to me, and uh, you know, especially considering for the last year and a half. You know, I've been, because I do my, my virtual signings in a hotel ballroom, I run it out and, and do it. So, I mean, it's just, just me, the wrestler, and, you know, four or five staff members. So just to be able to interact and see live people, enter, you know, enjoying your, your product is, is very rewarding. And, you know, you can't see the people sitting behind a computer screen watching your, uh, your virtual signing. So it, it's cool to be doing live events again.
1: You're living the dream. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Just as a fan perspective, it's like, wow, now he's promoting his own shows. Like, man, it's awesome. And I know you've done that before, like many, many years ago.
0: Yeah, man. Just uh, like I said, just trying to stay as busy as I possibly could. And then, uh, you know, I'm also in the process of of working with a Broadway producer to do a a, a wrestling rock musical, which we're working right now. So you can add that onto my list of. Uh, Stuff that I have in the works right now, things that I'm doing.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. How did that come about? The last match, right?
0: Yeah, the last match. So this, this is, this is, this is crazy. How this came about? I, I to be honest with you, I, I, I lucked out and stepped in shit on it. Is, is what to be honest with you. Yeah. So, uh, dude, I get so many emails and DMs from you know from all the three different things that I do. I, my DMs and emails are nuts. So like, I don't even get a chance. Like to really like. Sit and go through them and read them all. But this one I saw and it caught my attention. It was an email from a gentleman and it said his name is Jeremiah James. He's a Broadway producer and he's also an actor on Broadway as well. Him and his team for the last two years were, you know, getting ready to launch a pro wrestling musical called The Last Match. And they wrote the script, they got everything ready, and now they're ready to, you know, they're ready to do something with it. But the thing is, they didn't know how to get involved in the wrestling business. So, And he lives in New Jersey. So what he did was he just, what anyone would do, he went to Google, he typed in pro wrestling New Jersey. That's where he lives. It's a good where, good, where, good place to start. And sure enough, my store pops up as one of the first things when he types that in. So he emails the store. And I, I saw the email and I, I called him back. Now at the time, man, I, like I said, I have so much shit going on. I'm doing so much of my own stuff. He's telling me about this project he's working on. And I think that weekend I had like a triple shot. I had something on, I think I had an ISW show on Friday, had a store, four shows in a row. I had had, an ISW Friday, I had a signing at the store on Saturday, another signing on the store on Sunday, and a virtual on Monday. So that weekend was crazy busy. So I was like rushing around doing a thousand things. Hey, man, listen, I go. Can you come in and talk to me in person? Like I, was, I wasn't blowing him off any any anyway, but like I just I was overwhelmed and busy. So he's like, "Well, I'm I'm not gonna be around, you know, next week, but the following week I can come in." Yeah, man, whatever, whatever, just come in, and I left it like that. Again, I wasn't blowing him off; I just I was super busy. So, sure enough, two weeks goes by. Now his area code was a California area code, so I I, I was assuming that we were having to talk over the telephone. So he calls me up. And he goes, uh, "Yeah, it's rather you know." make sure that we're meeting today. So I'm like, so i like, oh shit! Like, I said, wait, well, you, you you live in you live in the area? He's like, yeah, I live in Jersey. So I thought he was from California. So I was unprepared for him like, again. Yeah, man, I come in! I, and sure enough, he came into the store. And when he came into the store, he I was like, it was like the whole the whole nine yards. Like it was a you know, PowerPoint presentation. You know, old copies of his old his old playbills from previous plays that he did. Like, and, as, and he showed me the script. So as I'm seeing all this. I'm saying to myself in my head, oh shit, this is legit <laughs> to myself, you know. And then I I changed my tune immediately and and he, I was fully not that I wasn't fully engaged, but like now, you know, I knew I knew this was the real deal. And uh, when he started talking to me and he he knew I was the real deal too, and we just started talking then and he, he never even, you know, spoke or interviewed or talked to anyone else. He wanted me after he, he was impressed and and, and then uh a week later, we signed the contract. So we're right in the middle right now, about to um, produce this and, and get the ball rolling on it. And it, let me tell you something, man; it's going to be really,
1: really, really big. Man, that's pretty damn cool and pretty awesome. That yeah, the, he's the coming to the you. Is,
0: the luck of the story is I stepped in shit on it, but uh, once you know, once he saw me and talked to me and figured out that I've you know been around a long time and I knew what I was talking about, then you know, I mean, I, I mean, I got it because. I he, I know what I'm doing. I didn't it was just because I had a wrestling story, but and the initial the initial email was because he typed in pro wrestling New Jersey and my store popped up. And luckily, you know, he, you know luckily I got to him before anyone else did.
1: That's awesome. So are there going to be actual wrestlers involved?
0: Yeah, I, I really I can't I really can't say too much about it right now just because it's in the the, the working stages right now. But yeah, there there will be uh, actual pro wrestling. The matches involved in the in the in the musical which
1: should be really cool so obviously you know he's very familiar with the store tell us a little bit more about the store because i obviously i've been there many times awesome i got some awesome stuff from there pretty much every time i go so tell us a little bit about the store yeah man so it's pretty much oh, I
0: if you walk
1: in and
0: it threw up wrestling <laughs> uh that's what would describe uh, the wrestling collector. It's not just action figures. It's, it's, it's a little bit of everything, man. It's from, and, and you, and you can, you can tell them as well. I mean, anything from action figures, to magazines, to programs, to t-shirts, to rare items that, you know, obscure items that you never think that you would see, whether it be the old, you know, big 80, 1980s glasses. Like remember the Hulk Hogan and Andre giant ones or Hulk Hogan, bath soap or any, anything super rare that you would see in a WWF catalog back in the 80s, stuff like that's in there. And obviously, you know, LJN's, Hasbro's, um, I have over 3,500 wrestling magazines in this store right now. So, I mean, it's it just that autographed pictures, obviously. It's just a little bit of everything, man. And uh, it, it's cool. And then the store in the back is, is where we do the signings at and back here is really cool man i'm sitting back here right now talking to you and looking at a big wrestlemania 3 banner a survivor series banner a wrestlemania 2 banner rare rumble banner uh old remember the old posters that you found in the magazines in the 80s that they would sell at the live events of you know Hulk Hogan Jake the Snake Roberts you know the Rockers ultimate warrior uh, like all those old posters are hanging up throughout the store as well so it's it's kind of like uh, it's a little like I don't want to say it's not a museum at any stretch of the imagination, but it's just a little. It's a it's a it's a really it's a destination. It's more than that's the perfect way to describe it. It's more than a pro wrestling store. It's it's a pro wrestling destination.
1: Got some awesome Hasbro's there. I got some awesome old Coliseum videotapes. I got some really rare it's got to be one of a kind that hulkamania ticket which i believe is from like jimmy hart but it's you know when they did that last european tour and i got that ticket so i was like oh my god you got some awesome stuff in there that you wouldn't expect
0: yeah man and, and the, the cool part is uh is that people come in all the time and, and, and sell me their collections as well and then also with me having the the social media platform that i have you know i can post on there looking to buy and i do once in a while looking to buy old merchandise wrestling merchandise that's all i do is post that and then i literally get a 100 leads people from all over are sending me stuff so you know I, I i cherry pick what i want and uh yeah man so through the social media platform that i have luckily lucky, luckily luckily have because it, it grew tremendously and it's, it's, it's really, really helpful between that. And then you know, people coming in the store, you with know, home their stuff, you know, I, I always have access to the cool stuff. And, you know, sometimes people that come in sometimes it's just, you know, old, like, you know, Jack's fingers loose that are beat up and like, eh, they ain't good do it. but you, you get people to come in with LJNs and Hasbros and calcium video, oh, calcium videos. I have over a hundred calcium videos in the store. Uh, you, you it, sometimes people come in with really cool stuff. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm always getting new stuff in.
1: I feel like sometimes you step into some gold. I mean, I just—it's unbelievable some of the stuff. I know it's gone, but you had some very rare Hulk Hogan figure, and it was in the box. So I was like, oh my god! Obviously worth a pretty penny, but it's gone now. <laughs>
0: yeah, man. So <laughs> you never know what, what people are gonna—you know—when people walk through the door and what they're gonna come in with. And then again, when I when I post and I'm looking to buy old merchandise. On our, our social media platform, you know, so many people send messages. So you, you just never know what you're gonna what you're gonna score. It's kind of like uh, Storage Wars. You open it up and see what's inside the see what's inside uh, the the um, the storage unit. It's like that for me. But they're coming in the store and sending me DMs on it. So
1: yeah, that's pretty pretty unbelievable. Did you ever? Think- oh, I'll tell
0: you what, I'll tell you something really cool. I yep. got in last week. This this is a, and you probably you'll probably dig this when next time you come in the store. I don't think I'm gonna sell it. I think I'm gonna hold on to it. Uh, this guy came in and sold me his collection. He actually had uh, a, one of the posters that were hanging on the wall in the movie Ready to Rumble. It, it's it's really unique, man. I got a post it on the on the store's Instagram page, but it's actually a poster that was hanging on the wall in the office of the movie Ready to Rumble.
1: Wow, that's pretty rare. That's pretty awesome. Wonder how he got it. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, man. I don't know. I like guess I said you never know what people are gonna bring in there.
1: Damn, that's cool. Did you ever think, like, wow, like especially when you were a young fan getting into it, like, man, I'm gonna be doing everything and making an income and doing all these different things from pro wrestling.
0: I mean, as a kid I, you know, I I dreamed it and, you know, as and you know, I got older and when I was doing the fan slams and be back in the late '90s, early 2000s, that was a goal of mine. But you know, I I, I didn't back then. I was younger, man. You remember? I was I'm, I'm only 44, so back then when I was really in the thick of things, I was only 22, 23 years old running these events. So I mean, I was I was extremely immature as far as you know having the the, the knowledge to, to be able to take it to the next level back then. And so I, I've always wanted to you know. I always wanted to make it big in the wrestling business, but I didn't think it was possible. And uh, not, not possible, but just like, you know, you, how, how, how do I get there? Now, you know, now that I'm older, now that I'm, I'm much, much wiser, you know, it, opportunities keep falling onto my lap. And I learned now, like, another thing that I'm doing now is I'm actually, I'm hooked up with Demolition. I'm doing their uh, fan club, uh, Demolition fan club and I, I run their Instagram page for them as well. Actually, I don't run it. I set it up for them, and I post the pictures. But Bill Eadie himself, he responds to everyone uh, through DM, and, and also he, he, he posts his stuff as well, uh, writes stuff. So uh, we're, we're doing their fan club. So I was extremely, you know, I'm extremely backed up on my own stuff that I'm doing, but when they presented me with this idea, how to hell do you stand under that? So now I've learned as I'm older, just say yes. If you have an opportunity, just say yes. And then you figure out how to do it after you say yes. So uh, that, that's what I, that's that anyone out there that, uh, you know, that, that's one thing that might be a promoter or, or a wrestler or whatever in the business. If you have an, if you're overwhelmed, if you have an, if you have an opportunity, man, take it, take it. And then you figure out how to, how to, how to make it happen. And, and that I've been, I've switched over to that philosophy and it's been working for me.
1: Great advice. Always say yes.
0: Always say yes, and then worry about how you're going to do it after you say yes.
1: Nice. Well said. I like that. You mentioned being so young, but how the heck did you get into the business that young like, and start like that?
0: Well, when I was a freshman in high school, I actually was uh, sitting in class, and I overheard two kids talking about a wrestling radio show. That was a damn local college radio station later that night called Who's Slamming Who? And it was on Wednesday night at 6 p.m., and I went home, I listened to it and they had a contest to be the special guest co host for the week. You had to send in a picture or something like that and I did and then I listened the following week and sure enough I won the contest. So I went on there and I was I was only I might have been only fifteen at the time. And, you know, through that radio yeah, I had to because I was a freshman in high school. So through that radio show I learned about wrestling newsletters, you know, the the Torch and The Observer. And dude back then, I mean I didn't know anything about being or working for the wrestling business. So,
1: you know, finding out
0: about these newsletters and, you know, reading stuff and finding out what was going to happen before it happened, man, that was, that was mind boggling for me. So I started writing my own newsletter when I was 15 called ringside wrestling newsletter. And I would start going to all the local independent shows I would interview wrestlers. And this through having numbers on them. One thing went to another. I went to John Arezzi's Weekend of Champions in New York, and uh, that was the original wrestling convention. A lot of people give me credit for being the originator of it, and uh, actually John was. And I went to his convention, and it's like a you like a kid walking to a candy store, seeing you know wrestlers signing autographs, and taking pictures, and you know wrestling merchandise everywhere you turn. And I said to myself, I'm going to run my own wrestling convention, and I was 16 years old, man. I had I had no clue whatsoever, but I, I had numbers and I remember cousin Luke who lived in Jersey. He helped me get a couple of guys and I was 16 and promoted my first convention. And I had like 200 people and I made like a couple hundred bucks. And, uh, that led to me doing another one when I was 17. And this one was a big one, man. There was like a thousand people there. It was, it was crazy. I remember I had Rick, the model Martell there, I had a warrior animal, Hexel, Jim Duggan. This was in 95. And, um, Or maybe 94, 94, 95, maybe it might've been 94. And through that, yeah, I'm sorry. It was 94. So through that, um, at that convention, again, I'm 17 and there's like a thousand people there and Dennis Corluza was there. And at the time, Dennis Corluza was the president of the NWA and probably the biggest independent promoter in the country at the time. And when he found out that a 17 year old kid just ran this convention he grabbed me and took me under his wing and I started doing a lot of stuff with him and learned from him and uh I credit him a lot for helping me out early on. Um and this is one thing led to another man and started promoting my own shows.
1: That's pretty crazy. Like you're that young, but you're so ambitious and you obviously know what you're doing. You got guys' numbers, you got guys' contact, you're running shows, you're getting Carluzzo to notice you get Cornet eventually to notice you. I mean, pretty impressive at such a young age.
0: Yeah, man, and and I I I first of all, I appreciate that. Thank you. But back then, man, I was like, again, I was so, I was so young. And, you know, when you're that young and success comes to you that early, it's like, you don't know how to handle it. And I, and I, and I didn't know how to handle it. I mean, not that I didn't, I never did anything wrong. I just, you know, I'd go out and, and drink with my, with my friends after the shows. i stuff I've never, that's, that's the extent of it. But like, you, you know, you, you feel like you're larger than life, man. You're 21, 22 years old, making all this money. You're, you, you know, let's, let's go out and party. Let's have fun. You know? And I think I was more worried about partying and having fun back then than I was about, you know, really, you know, taking it to the next level. So that's why this this run I'm having right now is so special to me because I'm very, 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 very level-headed, and it's all about business to me now. And after my shows, I go home <laughs> with my wife and my daughter. There's no more partying. I don't drink anymore or something like that. So uh, I, I appreciate it. It, it. it means a lot to me to be able to have, the run that I've always envisioned or that I always dreamed to have. like I said, back then I just didn't think it was possible. Now um, it is. And I'm, I appreciate everything and I appreciate all the fans that support my events, man. And, and it's, it's just a real, 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 real honor.
1: So who have you gotten like close to over the years? Who have you been real friendly with? Obviously you mentioned demolition and Tito, other guys, maybe Bundy, other other guys that like you got real close to. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. I was, I was, I was cool with Bundy and, I was real tight with Jimmy Superfly Snooker when I was a kid. Uh, he lived here in New Jersey with a Metal Maniac. And Metal Maniac would, you know, bring Jimmy around a lot. And Jimmy wound up taking a liking to me. And I remember, like it was yesterday, man, you know, my, my family, when I told them, you know, I'm going to be a wrestling promoter and all this stuff, like, you know, a young kid saying that, I'm sure they were rolling their eyes and shaking their head behind my back. And then for my high school graduation party, Jimmy Superfly Snuka walks in and, and the, the tune changed real quick. And they were almost taking pictures with him and stuff like that. And uh, it was cool. I mean, I had Jimmy Snuka at my graduation party. Then I, I had Jimmy Snuka at my birthday party at my house. And I had Jimmy Snuka watch a WrestleMania at my house. So I was extremely tight with him. And, and uh, he took me under his wing as well. And, you know, I'd be, I'd be 16 years old. <laughs> 16, 17 years old, you know, they were taking me uh, Iron Cheek and, and Jimmy Smuka hanging out in a bar with them, drinking with them. So, yeah, I, I didn't live I didn't live the uh, average 16-year-old life. I missed my own graduation because I was running a wrestling show that night.
1: Wow, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> Something you never thought you'd think of, like, oh, yeah, you going to miss it. I'm running a wrestling show instead.
0: <laughs> yeah, I missed, I missed my own graduation because I had a wrestling show that night.
1: How was Superfly, though, like, just as, as a person? Because he, he has, obviously, a, a lot of aura around him in the lore, but how was he, like, behind the scenes?
0: To me, he was amazing, man. He he was very, very gracious with me, man. And I was, just, again, I was just a young kid. I was 17 years old, 16 years old, and he was, you know, being, being you know, I grew up watching him, and now I'm driving in the car with him and going out to eat with him and hanging out at his house. I, I, I was over there a lot of times, man. He, I can't. I know people, you know, his name is controversial, but I I will tell you firsthand from my dealings with him, he was an absolute gentleman. Uh, He was very giving, uh, very caring, and uh, yeah, I can't say enough good things about him.
1: So through the years, obviously, you've gotten a lot of contacts and a lot of people. Do you feel that, you know, you are, you know, not like above everybody else, but do you feel like, you know, you've done this so long, you kind of... yeah, you, know, you got a big withstanding, You got a big stranglehold over promoting in the business. Not that saying like, hey, I'm the number one promoter, but do you consider yourself like high up there on, on the promoter scale?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that to be, I'm not saying that to be cocky, and I'm not saying that to, you know, to put myself over. But you know, if I'm I'm the senior promoter uh, by default. I mean, everyone that's promoting back in the day is gone now. I have 28 years experience doing this, so you know that's you know, nothing against anyone that's promoting right now. And and a lot of guys are doing a lot of great things right now, but uh, they don't have that, you know, that experience that I have. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm very humble about it, man. I I don't, back then when I was a young kid, 21, 22, I I would say stuff like that. Like, yeah, I'm the man. I'm a big promoter, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's always hot shit. Like now, man, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just so uh, thankful for every opportunity that I get, and everyone that ever buys a ticket to one of my shows, and everyone that buys an autographed picture, to my virtual signs or anyone that comes to my store and, and gets something. Man, I'm just nothing but thankful and grateful, and very humble by it. And I, 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 I again I had a second chance to do this, and uh, I thank God every day for giving it to me.
1: Another thing we kind of quickly mentioned was the podcast. So you do all that other stuff and you're doing the podcast. Tell us, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's... tell us about the podcast.
0: It's called 80s Wrestling the Podcast. And uh, it's 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 real popular, man. I think a lot of that has to do with because, you know, we promote the podcast on our social media platform. Again, we have over 600,000 followers. So, you know, we we a lot of people listen to the show, man. The, the cool part is a lot of people come in the store and say, yeah, I love this week's podcast. Or, or people I'm friends with that don't listen to the podcast would say, oh man, I like this week's episode and stuff. So yeah, it's '80s wrestling the podcast, and it's out, it's on live every Thursday at 10 a.m. And uh, you know, most times we, we talk about a, a topic from the '80s. whether it be, like I said, to come with an enhancement talent, or you know, an old pay per view or review, or you know, a wrestler. And, and a lot of times we have guys on the show. Like we just had demolition on today. You can actually. Uh, go and any podcast app and just type in 80s wrestling in the podcast, and all the episodes will pop up, and you guys can listen to it. But yeah, we just, you know, we talk about 80s wrestling, and that's, and that's it. And it, it resonates with people because people miss it and people love it. And again, nostalgia sells, man, and, and it's part of their childhood. So yeah, it's pretty popular.
1: What else do you guys talk about? Just strictly 80s stuff? I mean, obviously, you have some great cast like Demolition and stuff. You, you, I know you mentioned enhancement talent, too, but what else? Are you breaking down uh, Macho Man? Are you breaking down the IC title and stuff, too?
0: Oh, yeah, all, all that stuff, man. We, we did one episode dedicated on theme music from the 80s. We, we would play theme music and talk about that. Uh, we'd pick a certain wrestler, whether it be you know, Macho Man or Hulk Hogan or Jake the Snake Roberts. We pick different uh, topics like you know talk show segments from back in the day, the Brother Love Show, the, the flower shop, the barbershop, you know tag teams of the '80s, you know Saturday Night's main event episodes. I mean, we we uh, LJNs and, and and merchandise of the '80s. So like every week, we we pick a different topic that has to do with '80s wrestling and, and talk about it.
1: Is that your favorite topic to talk about? It seems like it.
0: Oh yeah, man, absolutely. I love. I mean. There's nothing for me. There's nothing like the '80s wrestling, man.
1: It's almost like sometimes uh, guys like me and you we get stuck in that that era. Like you, you don't want to you leave it because it's so good. Like I'll go back and I'll watch old stuff more so than watch new stuff, especially on the network and stuff. I'll go back and I'll watch old stuff constantly.
0: Yeah, I find myself doing the same thing. So when I'm at the store, you know, I'll put on the WWE network and I'll just watch old superstars or wrestling tapings or you know wrestling challenges or old team videos you know then you know I'm saying to myself well I should I should know the current product since I own a wrestling store so now now I'm finding myself while I'm at the store I'll, I'll put on you know old NWA or I'll put on uh, you know aew or or, or an old uh, Ring of honor I just try and get more familiar with what's going on currently because I mean, just like the other day like the uh, GCW I, I I tried to watch some of that while I was at the store. Just because just when people come in, I, I know what the hell I'm talking about because uh, some of the younger guys, younger fans, they don't know some of the, some of the things that happened back then. But you won't be surprised by a lot of the kids that do come to the store, man. There's kids that come to the store that are six and seven years old. You ask them who their favorite wrestler are. They say Hulk Hogan or Ultimate Warrior. Like The power of you know the internet and YouTube and the WWE Network. Like These, these guys are all larger in life than for kids that are Six and seven years old that should have no idea who these guys are, but they're their favorite wrestler over today's
1: uh, generation. And it's definitely from you know watching the network, and obviously their parents probably are watching it with them or kind of telling them about it. Definitely. Yeah, definitely, man. So
0: yeah, it's cool, man. It's, it's cool to see you know these little kids come in and and, and they they know all about the Macho Men already. And rot. I had a guy a kid coming the other day. I said, uh, who, Who's your favorite wrestler? This kid couldn't be more than seven or eight years old. And he looks at me. He goes, "I'm here to shoot bubble gum and kick you know what." And I'm all out of you know what. He didn't want to sue. I guess his dad told him to say it that way, you know. <laughs> but like I was just like I like I gave him a free autographed picture just because I was blown away by him saying that. I'm like, "Here, I got to give you a prize or something." But the kids today, man, like it's, it's crazy how 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 much they know about wrestling from the '80s.
1: I love it though, but it kind of shows you maybe they're not so into the guys today as much. That just kind of shows you that.
0: Yeah, I mean, this, that'll, that'll bring us back to the beginning of our conversation that we yes yep. that we dived into for the first 20 minutes.
1: So, as we head towards the wind down, we head towards the finish, just a couple quick hitters for you. What's your favorite promotion of all time? WWF, I would imagine? Oh, yeah, 100%. Got a favorite wrestler of all time? Piper.
0: I, actually, you know what? I, I can't just narrow it down to him. Roddy Piper. Macho Man, obviously Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, Jake the Snake Roberts. I remember as a kid, I was a huge British Bulldog fan. Just you know, all those guys from that era, man. But if I had to pick one, I would probably see either you know Savage Hogan or, or Piper.
1: Who's the favorite guy you've ever worked with?
0: Ah, uh, that's a that's a tough one. A lot of the, I would probably say. Just because I work with them so often, Tito Santana, he's super, super guy. Super guy. Demolition, also. Love those guys. Work with them a lot. They're super cool. I'll tell you what, man. I, honestly, everyone that I've worked with has been really cool with me. Either they know me from back in the day or they, they heard about me or know my reputation. I've never had a problem with anyone. Jake, you know, I'll tell you what. You know who I love working with? I love working with Jake, Jake Roberts. Uh, And I know that that might surprise you and other people, but he's always been super cool every time I've had him. And I had him probably three times in the last two years. And every time I have him, it gets better and better, man. He's a super pro with me. And he always draws really, really good. And there's always a lot of order for him. Uh, He's all business, man. I like working with him a lot.
1: As far as, like, favorite moment as a fan, what would you say it was?
0: favorite moment as a fan I'll tell you I'll tell you the storyline that sticks out in my mind the most I mean obviously you know I loved Hogan and Savage Hogan and Andre those those are two gigantic storylines but for some reason I always remember when Paul Orner turned on Hulk Hogan and I remember as a kid I still remember right now where I was when it happened I was sitting on my my aunt's uh sofa watching it and everyone was outside uh, it, was, it must have been like a some kind of barbecue or a party or whatever. And I was inside by myself watching it. And when Orngolf turned on Hogan, like I literally, <laughs> you, I felt like the the world stopped. Like I'm looking around, there's no one in the house. I'm like, I'm like oh my God, I can't believe this tub. And just I just, for some reason, that angle and the whole build up to it as well, where, you know, Hogan calls them and he can't get a hold of them and, or vice versa, whatever it went. But that whole storyline, man, was just, Really, really cool. And that sticks in my mind for some reason. And I was actually there live um, when they did the whole series of uh, Piper's Pits when Andre, that it was like a, like two or three episodes where Andre turned on Hogan on Piper's Pit. I was actually there. I was at the Metalands Arena.
1: Unforgettable. Those are so good. So legendary. And it's not like he did some crazy turn. He literally walked in with Heenan. You know what I mean? It was so well done.
0: See that's 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 why wrestling is so much better back then, man. Like something just so subtle and little like that, it's like the whole, the, your whole world flipped upside down. Nowadays, it's it's just not like that. It's it's just not like that.
1: And it was so simple too because everyone hated Heenan. He wasn't getting cheered at all. You know, for some reason nowadays, it's they always love to cheer the heel, which I hate. Which I hate, but. It's like, okay, he's the heel. Everyone hates him. Wow, Andre's with him. What the hell? We hate Andre now. I mean, it was pretty simple.
0: Yeah, Uh, less was more back then, man. And you know it is? The the people believed back then. Uh, There was no internet. There was no, you know, newsletters. There was no nothing. You didn't know what was going to happen unless you were watching that TV that night to find out what happened. And I think that's a, a huge part of why the business is so different now as well is because you can find out you know, through the power of the internet or the dirt sheets or the podcast, what's going to happen? Back then, man, there was, it wasn't like that. Like you didn't know Ax and Smash were going to draw number one and number two. Like nowadays, like you know, fans will be on on refreshing their websites every second of the day when it's Royal Rumble to see if there's someone backstage. Uh, just be surprised. Just watch the show and be surprised.
1: Also, I still never forgave Orndor for that. Never liked him. You know what I mean? Me Either. Can't turn on Hogan I'm like sure, that. You.
0: <laughs> I actually had the honor of having uh, – I used Paul three times, actually. I had him on uh, three different conventions, and uh, he was always a uh, super pro to work with. Last time I had him was uh, August – I mean, I'm sorry, um, April of 2000 – I'm not sorry, October of 2019, which was his final convention he ever did. Uh, it was my convention. So I had him three different times. It was, it was really a real pleasure to have him.
1: And him and Hogan made whew, so much money and drew so much, and the TV oh, yeah. ratings were nuts. I mean, that feud was awesome. Not your typical. I love that. I love.
0: I love that cage match in the big event. That was awesome too. Oh no, no, I mean uh, the Saturday Night's main event, but then they had a match at uh, they had a, the big event match too. Yeah, in Tur- that cage match at Sar-
1: Yeah, in Toronto. Yeah. Cage
0: match was awesome. When well, they, they they that was perfect timing, man. They they literally both hit the floor at the same time.
1: That was awesome. That feud is just so memorable and epic. But I always think of the big event and learning more about that. They thought only 10,000 people were going to show up, and 60,000 tickets were sold. It's like holy crap! I guess Hogan and Orndorff was a huge success.
0: Oh yeah, man, I love that feud.
1: So also, just before we let you go, give us just uh, the rundown. ISPW, the shows coming up. What do you got coming down the corner, down the corner, and down the pike?
0: Our next show is going to be on Friday, February the 18th. It's going to be in Butler, New Jersey, and it's going to be at St. Anthony's Church Gym. Uh, The main event is going to be for the ISPW World Heavyweight title. The superstar, Danny Morrison, with Maven in his corner, will go one-on-one with Scotty Tuhati, uh, recently, you know, come from WWE. He's going to be wrestling against uh, Danny on that show. Uh, Something I'm really looking forward to is... Uh, former New York Met ma- manager and legend Bobby Valentine will be making a special guest appearance at the ISBW show on February eighteenth. I, I, I guess that for I guess a good way to describe ISBW is it's kind of like a it's kind of like a, a wrestling circus. I don't mean it in a, a silly way. I mean it like you go to a circus and you see you know clowns juggling, you see elephants. You see someone riding on a, you know, a one wheeler. like there's all these different things. And I I try to do that for ISW. I try and I try and cater to everyone. I try and bring in, you know, someone for the the young kids. I try and bring in someone for the smart fans. I try to, you know, uh, bring in, you know, an old ECW guy for the ECW fans. And, And, you know, I use both James and all my shows for the old NXT fans. Uh, I'm just trying to cater to as many different aspects that are out there as possible. So there's a little bit of something for him. Like the old, of the eighties, eighties fans, I got Tito Santana as the commissioner. I brought back, you know, slick. I brought in Jimmy Hart, um, you know, just uh, Sergeant Slaughter was on my first show back in, in September. Um, Marquise was there. So I, I'm just, and for the Attitude Era fans, Like I'm, I'm just trying to cater to as many different uh, fan bases as I could in ISBW.
1: And give us just one more plug for the store and everything else you got going on the podcast. I mean, there's so much stuff. Thanks, man. Uh,
0: so, yeah, the, the store is uh, The Wrestling Collector. Again, it's located in Stockholm, New Jersey. Uh, you can go to thewrestlingcollector.com. On Instagram, it's The Wrestling Collector Store. On Facebook, The Wrestling Collector LLC. And iswwrestling.com. Again, isbwrestling.com, isbwrestling Wrestling on all social media platforms, 80swrestlingcon.com. that has all the information for all my upcoming virtual signings and also the big convention in May, which you're going to be at. And uh, stay tuned for more information on the last match. Again, we're, we're currently working on that right now and hopefully should have some uh, news on that in the next month or so.
1: All right. Awesome stuff, Tommy. Thank you so much. Appreciate all the time.
0: Thank you, man. I appreciate it, and I look forward to seeing you at the store soon, and also at the convention in May.
1: This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You could follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You could subscribe on YouTube.